Hi, I'm Richard, the founder of 10 Adventures, and this is the 10 Adventures podcast. Each week, we talk to real people about real adventures as they explore this incredible planet we all live on. Welcome back to the 10 Adventures podcast. Uh, Today's going to be an interesting chat about growing up with a passion for adventure. And uh, we're talking with a, uh, a young woman called Shin, who has spent her life kind of learning and succeeding at, at following her dreams with her family. And this is really interesting because I think for a lot of us on the podcast, you know, we have children that we're trying to uh, instill this love of adventure and exploring the world with them. And so I'm interested to hear what it's been like for somebody who grew up doing some really incredible uh, adventures. So Shin, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you. To start, you know, you you mentioned that uh, you're the daughter of China's first sailing and flying family. That really intrigued me. And so what does that mean? A pretty long story, but I make it short to intro. So my family started sailing at the year of 2012 when I was eight years old. And uh, we were from accounting in China and we sold all of belongings and we bought a sailboat to sailing. And th- at that time, we are the first and only family who sells a sailboat in China. So we've been like uh, growing very fast on social media and we've been called the first Chinese sailing family. And we sailed for around three years, two and a half years, I would say. And then we arrived in Australia. And in 2015 to 2017 in Australia, me and my father have learned a kind of micro light aircraft called uh, paragliding. And we used that to fly around Australia and filmed a documentary uh, called Fly Over Australia. So that's what the first Chinese sailing and flying family come from. Yeah. That seems incredible. And so when you started sailing, you were eight years old. And did your family have any experience sailing? Actually, no. My hometown we were living from is called Yanzhou. It's a county in China, which our nearest seashore coastline is around 200 kilometers far away from us. Actually, before my father had this idea of sailing, like to buy a sailboat and take us to sailing, we actually haven't seen a sailboat in a lifetime before. We just see a news a newspaper saying a couple use a sailboat to sail around the world. And my father think it's just so like amazing because at that time he thought if you were sailing a sailboat, you don't need to like, that means you don't need to pay for the hotel fees. You don't have to like, you know, pay for the plane, uh, like the flight fee. And you don't have to make a visa, but that's not actually very true for that. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I think this is a great tool to travel around the world and uh, to explore the world. So after a year of learning online and connecting the sailors at that time in China, professional sailors actually, and asking if he could take a trip on there and just to experience sailing. And we received many helpers, helps from the sailors in China at that time. And after a year of like learning online and trying this kind of experience, my family decided to sell all of the belongings, a house, a car, and a hometown. And then we used less than 60,000 uh, 60, US dollars and we started our selling trip. And so what was it like as a child at that point to sell all your stuff, to give up the stability and move away from friends? 
Was this something you were excited about or was this something that you were res resisting? Yes. Uh, you know, actually in China, we have kind of different education than like kids who have in Canada or like uh, England and other places. Actually, we have very tough studies. We have studied many, like many hours, much longer than people like other kids from like maybe many countries. And then, uh, so at that time, my family asked me like, um, do you want to go for to sailing to live on the boat and you don't have to go to school? And I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, I don't have to do my homework anymore. So yeah, so I was very excited to go on the boat and start sailing. But actually, when we really started the sailing trip, it's actually pretty hard for me at the first year because I was only eight years old and I really miss my friends. I actually doesn't know any of the English because we only start learning English at the year three, which you are nine years old. So I didn't know any of the English. And my father and my mom suddenly take me to a place that I can't talk to people. And I was only able to live with my family. Um, so yeah, it's pretty tough as, as the first year. But I think... But because of you are like always moving around to a different island, different places, and you got to enjoy, like suddenly you were like enjoying the trip, like enjoying the moving life, I would say. Yeah. Was it hard, you know, just thinking, you know, your parents and, and you on a, on a sailboat, you know, that's compressed space. Was it hard being that close or was it was it kind of nice that you felt your relationship with your parents improved or is different because you spent this time so close together? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> at the age of eight and nine or maybe even ten, like I feel very close to my family. I like to be close with my family. Uh, imagine the picture, like one like one of the memory that keeps staying in my head is like when we're sailing. So at the first year of sailing, we were like in Malaysia and Thailand. They were in that place. They have many, many of the islands. So we are like sailing from one island to a different island each day. So it's really interesting. And then at night, you will see the milkways like lying on your head. And like we were playing movies at night because this like the sea was like a mirror. They were like so flat, and we can do anything that we want on like on the boat. So it's very enjoying. But I think it's a great memory for me for me to travel and stay at a young age and to meet like different people from different like places around the world at that time. But yes, uh, like what I said, it's hard for me to imagine if I was like 14 or 15 as a teenager to live on the board with my family for that long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can imagine my kids are still kind of uh, in the point where they, you know, they're close to, to my wife and I and uh, everyone keeps saying, oh, when they become teenagers, they're going to rebel and they're not going to want to, you know, go backpacking or camping every weekend. Uh, so I can imagine, I can imagine, you know, it was kind of a very nice time for, for you to do it. Now, you were on the boat for three years. And so where did you guys go on those travels? Most time we were in like the Asia Pacific. We have been through nine countries, not like a sailing trip. So we started up from Langkawi, Malaysia. So we bought a boat in Langkawi. It's much cheaper in there because, yeah. And and then we started our trip from Langkawi to Thailand and 
to、um, Myanmar and Singapore, and then back to China, and then back to Hong Kong. Yes,、yeah, specifically, and then from Hong Kong we went to、uh, Philippines and、uh, Indonesia, and then to Australia, and then also Vietnam as well. As well, so like totally around nine countries sailing through. And then as a kid, like what's you're going to different cities, different different countries. How do you think that influenced you? You know, as a, an adult now. Well, I have to say, it actually changed me so much, and I really appreciate it that my family take me to travel after that young age, because I was very like quiet girl. Like when I was like in childhood, I don't really like to talk to adults, like talk to people. I like to stay in my own like little imagination. I like to stay in my own little friend circle. <laughs> yeah,、um, but after like taking me to different countries of like. Kind of like this unique journey. My personality actually changed very much. I because when we are on the boat, there's only me and my family. Also, we are like、um, recruiting like、uh, people to join our trip. So you can like just join from different countries and to join on the boat and to join to different sail. And then if you want to apply to join our trip, you have to have the skill to teach me. Because my family weren't like having any educationally skill when we are on the sail, they don't know how to teach me because there weren't teachers or anything related to this. My family were like railway workers、um, before we started like sailing, so、uh, yeah. So actually, on being on the boat and being down different countries, meeting new people actually changed my like personality, and I think given me very many different experience than like. People at my same age.、Uh, that's incredible. That you know, you'd allow others to join the the trip, and then they would be the ones that would be teaching you. And how did that affect? Like when you were done the trip and you went back to school, was it hard going back to like regular education? Were you were you behind? Were you ahead? So actually, when I left school and like my family decided to take me out from school and start selling, I was eight years old and just turned year three. And then、uh, they just take me out without anything.、Uh, actually, they bring the textbook with us, but I don't know if it's accident or something. But we drop some、uh, some of the textbooks. That means we didn't even know what to learn next in next month or next week. So my mother started to teach me by what her memorize is. So at that time, even though I was just eight years old, and I know some like. Like you know, fractions and anything that you should have to learn when you're year six, but I learn it in year three. <laughs> so it's actually pretty funny. So yeah, and after a year, we went back to my old school and like have a, like a test to test my like learning skills and how my like you know my math, my English goes, and it's just out like I haven't dropped off anything. I was ninety. I was. I got my math on ninety six, which is very good. My like my grandma in like around ninety or ninety one. So it's actually pretty high score. So I hasn't dropped off anything. So that's incredible. That is incredible. I know we、um, we homeschooled our children last year, and it's kind of similar. We just let them learn what they wanted, and when they went back to school, that was you know during the pandemic when they went back to school. They kind of done all the school for their grades, and so they ended up, and then also, you know, they ended up just kind of like reading books for most of the year, 
um, because like they were just learning what they wanted. And if they could learn about the Greeks or the Romans or, you know, they'd learn all about animal facts, then they do their math and their reading afterwards. And uh, it's kind of funny, very similar that, you know, if you give kids the freedom to learn what they want, you know, they learn everything else uh, as well. So, so when you think back to this sailing, like what's your fondest memory? I will say like, because my English is still not that good at this time, but I will like, I remember some of like my like most impressed memory of sailing is that we were sailing to Vietnam at that time. And then we were sailing from a port to another port. And at that time we found some fish under our boat. It's kind of very weird fish. It follows us sailing for four days. It's like a pet who follows us. The like the most impressive thing about this fish is they have like a flat surface on their head, which they stick under the turtles and the wilds, so they didn't have to swim. And then they also like stick on the boat for four days, which means there are all like four or five fish follow on a boat for a trip. That's just incredible because like that's just so amazing and we can't believe it. It's like a pet falling is. And you know when you are sailing, there's only like very less of like there are like limited food supplies for each of us because we had to plan for, for a trip. We didn't even know how long we'll take. If we all have a seven-day trip, my mom will plan for a 14 days food supply just in case you have any like uh like weird situation or something. I save my food supplies we have a banana each day each of us have a one banana and i will feed the banana to the fish and they will love it very funny it's like yeah <laughs> you know it's like so one very big picture is that um so there's four of us on the boat my family three of us were my family me and my father and my mom and then there's maybe one like like People were joining us on the trip. And then, like, imagine the picture that we only have very limited food supplies. And we only have, like, one bottle, one this kind of bottle of, like, Coca-Cola, um, like, our freezer. Because, uh, like, our freezer was just too small. It's just, like, you know, like, it's like a mailbox. It's too small. And we only have, can put one of those drinks, soda drinks, you know, like, freezer. So each night, we'll have that drink pull out from freezer and then open up and share to four of us <laughs> and we're drinking like the like the same bottle of all this and then we will close the boat like the door on the boat and then put on put a laptop on the boat and watch a movie and then the night is just so quiet on the sea you cannot see anything there's barely no light and then you only can see the stars and the fishboard light from very far away, they were like stars because you cannot, like, you cannot, like, see if there's ocean or the sky because there's no light. And then, you know, imagine the wind is blowing and there's no sound and we're drinking Coca-Cola on the boat. I think that's the best memory of my childhood life on the boat. Yeah. That does sound incredible. I think that's what a lot of people think about, you know, when you're sailing is having these moments where it's just the sea, nature, and and your boat. And it's kind of this sense of tranquility. Uh, funnily enough, when we go backpacking in the mountains, I bring an iPad mini and we'll download a movie on it. And so, you know, as the kids go to sleep, we'll put on a like a Disney cartoon and have kind of something similar that, you know, there's no sound and we're just watching a movie. And uh, it is kind of this nice 
time where as a family you come you come together and and you know watch a movie without any distractions and enjoy just kind of the tranquility um so going from this you know incredible sailing adventure you decided to then try something totally different and you guys picked up uh i think paragliding wasn't it yeah this story actually started when i was six even though it happened when i was 11 but it started when i was six years old so me and my family love watch movies my father actually saves many dvds at that time dvd plats and we have a ton of dvd plats and we watched this movie named fly away home i remember it's a movie from canada Right, so it's about a girl who's like 14 or 15 years old and she brings home many eggs and she hatched the eggs and comes out the bird and you know the bird had to fly to like northward I think and then when it's winter so but the the, the bird doesn't have a like a mom or anything so it doesn't know how to fly so the girl learned a paragliding and take the bird to fly northward like Riding the paraglide and the bird follows her at the back and she takes the bird to Northward. So that's a dream and we, we love that movie. We watched that for many times and that's a dream. I was talking to my dad at that when I was six and I said, oh my God, I wish one day that I could do that. And then when we arrived in Australia and my dad said, oh my God, that's a great chance to accomplish this dream. So yes. And then, but I was too young to learn this. I was only 11. Uh, we were having the choice like in between this um should we go to like keep sailing or should we take the chance to accomplish this dream in australia because it's maybe only a chance in our lifetime to accomplish this and then we say all right let's do it in australia and then so when I, when we arrive in australia we have barely no savings we when we start saving sailing we only have sixty thousand us dollar which is very less amount. And our boat cost $55,000. So when we started sailing, we bought a boat and started sailing, we all have $5,000 in our hands, which is very less of budget. And then when we arrived in Australia, we have barely no budget as well. We were like, my mom and my dad, they all both have like part-time jobs just to like keep us like to live in here. But we just have this dream and we saw Yes, we have to make it come true and nobody have done this before. This could be a big news and we can do this together with many people who doesn't have to accomplish this only by all like ourselves because it's a big thing and it's a big dream. So yes, and then we like actually take a lesson on the paragliding, me and my dad learn it together. He learned for the like the lesson itself. And then my father doesn't have made like he's poor in English and then I helped him with the port communication and then yes with helpers from many places and like especially from like the Chinese group in Melbourne and then we sailed we sorry we fly around Australia with that paraglide oh sorry there's one thing that I like to like like to say so remember that I said that, that when we started sailing after we bought a boat and we restarted sailing, we only have five five thousand US dollar. That's just we can't. That is impossible for a family to sell with only less budget. And then, um, you know what we did to save this problem? We sell signatures. 
we can sign our cell on a sailboat. You can send signatures on a sailboat. It costs like uh, 10 RMB for a signature. There's no one sells with a family in China. So that's a, a dream for like many people, but not one have done this before. But many people have dreamed this. So we sell a signature that like, uh, if you sign our sailboat and you can sell with us your name and your like your dream, you could write your dream on sailboat. You can sell with us, and it end up in two years we have collected more than three thousand signatures on a sale, and we still have the sales now. That's incredible. You know what's really interesting is just the willingness to you know you want to do something, and you figure out how to do it. And I think in, in our lives, it's, it's so often that we find reasons not to do something. And, you know, as a family who's never, never sailed the decisions, we're going to go sail with, you know, a young family and spend three years on, you know, exploring Asia. And then when you're done, it's not, let's go back and live our normal life. It's, oh, I've always wanted to, to fly. And, you know, I like this movie. And then you, then, then it's, taking the risk of, okay, well, let's go figure out how, how we do this, that so often we just like even find reasons why, oh, I'm not going to go on a one-week holiday or two-week holiday because work's too busy or, you know, we find these reasons not to do anything. I think it's just so inspirational to hear, you know, your family being like, these are big, audacious goals, and you just say, let's go do that. There's always a way to figure out how to like you know accomplish the thing that you want even though maybe maybe it's strange nobody have done that before but there's always a way but one thing i really have to remind everybody is that don't do it without a plan because yes it sounds incredible for my, my family to learn a sailboat on internet for a year and really start to sailing but actually we have many preparation before we sail and before we fly you have to learn many knowledge. But I have to say that if you really want to do something, there's always a way. Like from a railway worker in accounting in China to sailing around the world or sailing around Asia is incredible. Nobody has think about that before. From a, like a part-time, just a new arrival, a part-time job worker to fly around Australia using a paragliding, paraglider, it's also incredible. Nobody had to have, like, it's impossible. Nobody had to, like, dream about it because it's impossible to do that. But there's always, a, like, always step by step. You can take the first step and you're doing that. Like climbing a mountain or hiking or do many kind of, like, sport, like, outdoor exploring. Yeah. And, and so when you're flying around Australia, what does that look like? Like, was it just every day flying to a new city or, you know, was it like one long trip or were you doing short trips and then, you know, spending some time in a town or a city and then doing another leg of the, of the journey? It's a pretty long trip. So at the first, because when we have this idea, we're thinking about flying around Australia, but as we said that we don't, we have barely no savings to do that. So uh, we start off for like, flying across Australia because we have barely no budget and the only trip that we can do is fly across Australia but not around. So in 2000, you know, end of 2015 and we actually used 27 days to fly across Australia and that at that time we are flying day by day like this day we arrived to a new part and we stop here and next day we're flying to a new part and then film, film the, like, the trip on the way and then it was pretty like 
pretty fast. And but we thought it's great because one thing great about Paraglider is that you can see the things in bird's eye view. Like you know, when you're going on a plane, plane or a flight, you only view the world just too far away. You only can see like small buildings or mountains, but you cannot see them like the creatures on the earth. You cannot see human being moving. You cannot see animals. But when you are viewing the world in bird eye view, you can actually see everything. Everything is the earth. You can feel the earth is moving. Everything is growing. And then we chase. Actually, we have that film that we are chasing the birds in the forest. And then there's crocodiles, and you can chase them. But the crocodile and just some funny pictures, fun, funny memories about that. So the crocodiles they're actually very afraid of human and big noise. You don't have to worry about crocodile because they are so afraid of noise. When the plane. We are when when we are flight arrived to like nearly like one kilometers away from the crocodile, and you can not actually see them. But when the noise come, and they just run away like so fast to the bushes. <laughs> yes, and then there's so many great views, and there's like and that's why we still continue our trip after that. We would fly around, fly through Australia. So in 2015, we fly the paragliders. Like through Australia, across Australia, and then we filmed this like documentary called "Flying Over Oaks," flying over Australia. So like you know, actually flying through. And then in two thousand and seventeen, we finished our trip of flying around Australia. At、uh, that time, we have like just me and my family because at the first trip we have a filming group following us, but at this like. The flying around Australia, just me and my family. We're not flying like every day. We are having like a flight, maybe、um, this town to that town, and then resting for a day or flying and start our next flight. Yeah. What an incredible journey! And you finish that flying. What are you and your family thinking of doing next after you've flown around Australia? Is there something in your mind of, oh, this is our next? Great adventure. After we fly around Australia, there's two ideas, two choices in front of us. We are looking for a kind of airship, or at that time, just tools to fly, fly around the world and to view the world in bird eye view. Another idea is a submarine.、Uh, you know the whales, the sea sea creature, the whales. They were like moving from north to south each year. And but nobody, no kind of there's no human being who can track this because by helicopters the noise is too big. By boat, if they get close, they will like swim away. So there's no tools to do that. And that at that time we're thinking about build build a submarine to like chase their like their movings, and we can see the wild moving in the under the ocean. But there's already people doing that. There's so many people who are living living in the submarine. You know that like the drug drug sellers, they're actually using the set like the submarine to sell drugs. So yeah, <laughs> and then we have ended this idea, and then we have the second idea of building an airship. We are at that time we were looking for kind of tools to view the world in bird eye view. To view the world, like you can see, actually see the creatures and animal moving in the world. So and then we find this idea of airship. So airship is kind of like a tool hundred that people used a hundred years ago. It's pretty dangerous. It's easy to get fired. There's many 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 accidents of like the airship suddenly turned onto fire and just like. You know, burn in the sky. 
but at that time we're just thinking about like yeah like there are kind of new modern airship now and could like accomplish a dream of living in the sky and see the whole world yeah um so one thing about this why we're doing this is like you know nowadays many people try to like go on the travel, a uh, hiking, climbing mountains, um, like used to drive to see the world. But we are limited by roads. Like, you know, driving cars, you can only view the views that's like beside the roads. That means if you don't have road in there, you cannot enter there and you cannot see the views in there. By like, by helicopters, by like um, paragliders, you can only see views from part to part. You cannot go out of places, and the noise is too big. You are like affecting the like the creatures living under living on the earth. You are like you're scaring them. But there's one tool that could like let people to see the world without like you know affecting it. That, that's airship. It's kind of like a tool that's. Like actually, like you know, you can stay on a position to view the world. It's like a living in a big balloon, and you're just flying and like blowing like around the world. It seems when you were sailing, you were learning something new that other people did. When you were paragliding, you were you know learning something that a few people did, not very many. It seems with the airship, you're trying to do something that no one's ever ever really done before. Is that, or they haven't done in you know a hundred years? Or are there people that are also doing airships elsewhere? Uh, yeah, of course. There's one kind of airship that we are like, it's a kind of a our goal. Its name is Airlander Ten. It's created by like UK company, and they have this kind of like a like ticket you can buy the ticket to go on the airship and travel to north point it's pretty amazing but they have stopped this like service i think because of the covid but there's our modern airship that airship that we have nowadays that allow people to travel on there but one thing about difference about the airlander 10 and what we think an airship should be like because you know airship is like a big balloon it's full of like like I think it's hydrogens and it's very easy to blow away by the wind because you imagine a, like a, a balloon like floating on the sky it's just easy to get blown away and then you are only the airship is using oil and like you know the gas and other things nowadays but imagine the airship you can use solar energy. Like you can, you can, because the airship is so big, you can put like the solo, the solo, you can use the solar energy on the back and you can use solar energy without a cabin to fly around like the world. And one thing interesting is that nobody could see the whole world. No human being could do that. Do you know that fact? I hadn't thought of it, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, nobody could see the whole world because nowadays people only travel from part to part. You know, you are only been in that airport but not to other places. There's like, there's the earth is just so big. And you know, nowadays people started thinking about moving to Mars or moving to like outer space, but come on, you haven't seen the world really. You can only see the world from satellite. Come on, that's just too far away. You only can see pictures. You can't feel that, you know? People can't see, see people with see things that they can't like they can't feel, they can't touch. When you are seeing the word in bird eye view, I'm not saying like 
inertia, but other thing maybe by a drone. You can actually feel the wind, feel the like the creatures surrounding you, and that's the most like beautiful things by like the bird eye view and why it makes us want to create airship. So yeah, it's funny because I actually often when I'm reading a book, I'll be on Google Maps looking at the satellite view and like looking where they are in the story. And so when you're talking about just floating above and seeing, I thought, oh, that would be a really nice, like I could see the enjoyment of, you know, it's a bit like almost like a cruise. And I, I don't, I don't love cruises because there's, you know, they have lots of pollutants in the water and, you know, you kind of don't see the, see the real, the real places you're visiting. But on this airship, you'd be able to just kind of look down and watch the world go by and go at a, sl at a slow pace, you know, and close enough that you can actually experience it. I think it's incredible just the ambition, just hearing kind of, you know, almost anything is is possible. And, you know, when you look at where your life's going to go, you know, you've had all this life of setting really challenging goals and then achieving them. You have a really challenging goal with the airship. But, you know, when you look out 20 or 30 years, what do you think your life's going to be? Is it going to be just continually dreaming up impossible seeming tasks and then going to achieve it? Or do you think at some time, you'll, some point in time, you'll just want to you know, relax and, you know, live at home and, and not always be challenging yourself. I think Ashram is not just a dream. We can make it into a reality because it seems very big. It seems incredible for like a people or a family or like a kind of person to do that. But actually there are many people, many billionaires who are like supporting supporting like the airship like projects there are many kind of airship projects around the world especially in the usa and uk there's actually many billionaires and many people who are like looking forward to build an airship there's not a, not only us who are like thinking about this like this idea but they're thinking about in different ways because there's like i think like Airship is not a dream because like when we're sailing, nobody else in the in China has this kind of like, you know, this kind of movement because people think it's, it's hard to do because um, in China at that time, sailing is just something like very, for rich people, for very, very rich people, rich people with time to do that. But we still accomplish that. But because it's not only a dream and it's only, it's, it's a dream because many people who are dreaming of it, you know, you understand? If many people are dreaming the same dream and that's not the dream, you can make it into like in reality. So that's, I think like, it's not just something like crazy to imagine of, crazy to think of, but it's something that she could make into real life. So I don't think that maybe one day I will like stop thinking of like, oh, come on, it's so hard. Um, maybe after two or 20 years, we still can cannot accomplish this. So why don't I just like go back into normal days, go back to my hometown, start starting a new life, like my like old, um, school might have does but um, what I have to say like we are coming into this world not only to live in the life in the county in the town but I think we why we are coming into this world is try to experience everything try to see everything try to see as much that we could see try to experience as much that we could experience including like riding the bike driving the car 
maybe paragliding. I, I think there's just so much wisdom in, in actually what you're saying that, you know, if you want to do something, go do it. Explore the world and in a sense, uh, you know, follow your dreams. And, and I know uh, almost everyone I talk on this on this podcast are people that have realized their dreams aren't sitting in an office doing some boring job. Their their dream is to explore the world we live in. What's interesting for me is it started off with people that were biking and hiking. And then last week we talked to someone who's riding a horse across Europe. And, you know, people haven't done that in a hundred years. Today, you know, talking about flying across Australia and then, you know, these long-term adventures where you're in an airship. And I, I think it's just a really good example that you can never be too young to start adventuring and you can never be too old. And in your parents' case, they totally changed your family's life, selling everything, you know, 10 years ago to decide, hey, we want to go sail. This is really important, important to us. I think that we really want to show people and why, like, I'm here to share my story is that, you know, it's hard to imagine a railway worker's family at that time to doing something that even the richest people in China could not like thinking about to do. Uh, or that the part-time job like worker, the new arrival to fly around Australia. It's just hard for people to imagine like that. You cannot even imagine. But uh, coming into real life that we actually shows by our own experience that you can do anything at any time, at any budget at any like uh, age time as well yeah uh, and i think yeah that's that's a great message to end this on so i've loved hearing about this story Jin. um i've got three three little boys and my wife and i are constantly thinking about you know how do we explore the world with them and when's the right time we tried a few years ago um to spend a summer in uh, in the alps and for a variety of reasons, it was really tough, but you know, it's inspiring to hear how it worked out for for you and your family. And uh, I hope other people listening just you know can see the benefits of engaging your children, giving them a different way of growing up. Uh, if people want to to find you, uh, what I'll do is I'll share some links to your uh, uh, website in the show notes. And again, I just want to say thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been great to hear about this incredible adventure. Thank you. I'm very appreciative of doing the, ten, the Adventure Podcast. And so with that, thanks everyone for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week to explore the world and hear more about epic adventures on the 10 Adventures Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the 10 Adventures Podcast. If you liked it, why not give us a review? Better yet, subscribe and get inspired again and again. Also, if you want to find your own adventures, why not check out 10adventures.com where you can use our free resources to plan your own trip or book a tour in over 60 countries and make your own epic memories on your next adventure.